Hey everyone, and welcome to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our wonderful patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined as always by my very good friend and GVG co-founder, Derek Bittner, along with our very special guest, Laura Dale, journalist, author, podcaster, and creator of Accessibility on YouTube. Laura, how's it going? It's going good. I am I am in the midst of all that pre-E3 excitement. I'm very mm. I'm feeling good about video games at the moment. That's rare, isn't nice. it? Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's it's nice right. to be like, oh hey, excitement exists briefly. Right. Yeah, it's nice to feel like the thrill, like the crackling energy of E3 season, even without a physical E3 for us to attend. Mm. You know, it's, it's E3 announcement season, right? So we know stuff is about to happen. We're going to get some cool surprises. I definitely feel that energy in the air, it's, too. It's it's that quiet before the storm that happens every mm. year of the fact that there is absolutely no news for days in, in a row is the very thing that makes it exciting. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, you're holding it all back. You've got all the secrets. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. I think we have, like, a uh, list of, like, all the streams that are happening, but we don't have exact times yet. It's like, we're we're getting no info about, like, when things are happening. And it's like, it feels like the ESA is like, oh, the individual companies will tell you. While the individual companies like, oh, no, the E3 doesn't know what they're talking, doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> so, you know, it's chaos. It's fun. Well, it's been weird, too, because, like, you know, we're still sitting over here wondering what the hell even E3 media registration means this year. Like, what does that even... Yeah, you and apparently they still don't know. Yeah, I got my registration like approved today. I don't know what I get. I just know that in a few days I'll be able to access something. Right. You'll have to let us know because I know Steve applied. I don't know if the rest of us applied. I think Steve just did it on a lock just to see what we get. And I don't know if he heard back today. He's been well, obviously he's out today because he's sick. Fortunately, not with COVID. Right. We he did de- check that, so he got it all clear there. Um, yes, but. It's one of those things like, does that get us anything? Like, are they, is this just going to be a thing like, hey, we're going to hook you up with a bunch of Parsec meetings? I, yeah. all, I can, all I can say is, um, they've started email, like, lots of publishers are emailing people who registered. So, like, that happened. But otherwise, they're just like, starting Monday, you can access the media portal. What will be in there? Who knows? I, but it'll be there. Yay. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I mean, More it's just as though even behind the scenes at E3, they're kind of like not quite sure what's going on either. So <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, fortunately, the, the the stuff that's most exciting about about E3 isn't dependent on E3 oh. having their stuff together. Right. So it should be a fun it should be a fun week. It's, it's going to be a busy what starting next Saturday, I believe Saturday to Tuesday. It's yeah. just going to be a nonstop onslaught. So. Uh, should be interesting, but before we uh, move on to the show proper, I just want to say, Derek did mention this, but Steve is out sick. Fortunately, he's fine. He doesn't have COVID, but he is resting. Um, obviously, you guys know we started a bit late today. We're sorry for that. Um, we won't be doing Promoter Pet or uh, have the end credits scroll because basically... Derek, I want to give him a special shout out. Derek spent the last 45 minutes or so learning like a crash course in OBS and, from Steve. My streaming setup isn't good enough to like host the show. So that was all on Derek. He's done an amazing job. So we are sorry in advance if there's some technical hiccups. This is, you know, his first time using, you know, using OBS to host a show, but he's already doing an awesome job in my opinion. So just wanted to make that very clear. Derek, big, hats off to you, man. Big thanks to Laura for all her patience as well, because it's like, I have like, so this much, great guests. I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, thank I, you so I'm, much. 
I am no stranger to getting guests onto things and then having mountains of technical issues to apologize for, so you don't need to worry. It's all good. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Awesome. And uh, cool. Before we get on to the first news story, we do have one super chat to read out, and that is a $20 donation from Base Forever. Uh, thank you so much for that donation. Wow. Thank you. Saying, finally able to watch the show live. So happy to see the lovely Queen of Butts on GVG. <laughs> Hope her GVG experience is perfect on the great to perfect scale. Base Forever, thank you so much. I know we chat on Twitter a lot. I really appreciate your support. We all do. And thank you for the donation. Hey, we're the one uh, hey, we're the said. lucky ones that get to ask her some questions, so Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um well Speaking uh, of news. Real quick oh, before that, Crashing Slowly, thank you very much for the $10 donation, says, finally get to see you all live. Keep up the good work on YouTube's YouTube's best gaming show. Well, that's that's some high uh, wow. praise right there. My God, jeez. And all of YouTube, best. Wow. That's... Thank you so much. That uh, warms my heart, and I know I'll make sure to pass on the uh, the message to Steve as well. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Crash and then Italy. Jacob Tucker with a five dollar donation one. says, "Hey GVG, great work as usual. I'm sure hype for E3, especially the Nintendo Direct and Treehouse. Looking forward to whatever they reveal. That should be a really interesting. So we'll we'll see how they all yeah. come out. But it's going to be a hype forty minutes. But yes, uh, with that said, we don't want to spend too much time." Uh, before going to the news, so let's just go ahead and uh, go right on to that first story, which involves <laughs> WarioWare. So, our uh, another friend of the channel, Andrew, Beta64, uh, made a recent post on Twitter about how his wife was sent a, an official Nintendo survey that asked a very pointed question, very on the nose, uh, or maybe very on the Wario's big pink nose, and that is, at a price <laughs> of $49.99, how interested are you in buying the next game in the WarioWare series? And then they go on to describe exactly what WarioWare is, but... I mean, I don't know how else to read that other than they, they either have a WarioWare game in development actively or are certainly thinking about starting on a new one. And yeah, but uh, Laura, you're our special guest, so I want to throw this to you first. Um, what what do you make of this survey question? Obviously, take surveys with a grain of salt. There are a lot of things that get asked in surveys that mean absolutely nothing. They don't necessarily have to mean that games are coming. They don't necessarily mean that anything will happen with prices, but... I find this question really interesting because one thing that we know about Nintendo is that they can put out games that are years old, that are reissues, that are uh, smaller titles, full price, and they will sell. Like, Nintendo consistently releases titles at full price, they never fall in price, Mm -hmm. you know, originally sold. Nintendo is not known for selling games below certain prices, and I look at this question and my first thought is... Are they finally stopping to realize that maybe there are certain titles they have that will struggle at that price point? Um, what would I think hope? about stuff. Yeah, like I look at stuff they've released recently that like didn't necessarily feel at the right price. Metopia being a really strong example of that. Like, I love WarioWare as a series. I don't know if fifty dollars is a price I'd be happy to pay for it, but I mm-hmm. do it because it's Nintendo. Right. I pay over the odds for them. It's Wario, and people love, like, if it's a brand new Wario game that takes advantage of the Switch in the same way that Smooth Moves did with the Wii, um, yeah. and the presentation of WarioWare Gold was 
amazing like to see it continue that way with some new mm-hmm. things that take advantage of the joy cons there's a lot of potential here with a WarioWare game that i could see it kind of being worth the 50 dollars potentially it's completely possible they're doing something else and like i don't know if i pay 50 dollars for a game in wario because that's i was gonna say this would need to have more content than game in wario that that would be like my number one requirement is that it has to be more robust than that and that's not to say that there wasn't some good content in game in wario there just wasn't enough content to justify the price point those macro games opinion. weren't as good <laughs> just right. lost the chaotic but, nature i the thing is for me there's a difference between would i pay 50 dollars for the next say warrior where smooth moves two or whatever it would be uh versus do i think that it's smart for nintendo to try and show off a bunch of 10 second mini games and go this is worth 50 dollars right right the thing is, though, well, what's funny is that I like, as various people in chat are pointing out, Metopia was fifty dollars, and I'd feel better about yeah. paying fifty bucks for a WarioWare than I would Metopia. Like, you know, I, I don't like to get into that, you know, value proposition argument too much because value means different things to different people, and yeah. I think it's very difficult to pin a price point on a game that works for everybody. But at the same time, given what I know of Metopia and just kind of the breadth of that game, I would rather pay fifty bucks for WarioWare. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean Metopia was a, a 3DS game that was originally $30 and hasn't really yeah, added anything true. new yeah, for a yeah. $20 it price comes time. with a much better me creator. That seems to be about it in a nice up res. Yeah, that's about it. You can have a horse now. I don't, I, I might remember wrong, but I don't think the horse was in the original. No, I don't think so, but I don't know what the horse does. <laughs> right. It, run, it runs behind you. You can <laughs> sleep in the stable with it if you want to be good friends. <laughs> Is it the same uh, way you're good friends with other <laughs> characters in that? Because I'm a little concerned at this point. <laughs> um, Cream Basics in our live audience chat says, "Really, Ash? Metopia actually has a good amount of content." Fair enough. I had heard it is it a very long game, actually narrow in scope. I, but yeah, if that's the case, then I stand corrected. I, and I'm, I'm fair a, enough. I'm a, I'm a defender of Metopia. I think it is a good, if simple, game. I think that mm. like the fifty dollar price point for it. Would have been easier to sell had it not been $30 a few years ago with... Right. The the kind of changes that were made don't really feel like they justify doubling the price. Right. Uh, And uh, honestly, though, as Base Forever and I live live audience chat points out, that me creator alone is worth $50 for all the things I've seen on Twitter. And I have to co-sign on that. I am constantly in awe of of the creations Mm. people are making with that me maker in Metopia, and it just makes me wish that we could get something like that as a standalone app for the Switch that just lets us make yeah. updated me's for everything. I feel like this yeah. is a much better use for like Tomodachi Life. That's oh, yeah. I want Tomodachi Life on Switch. That's I want Tomodachi mm. to get the Metopia treatment so badly. I I would so love for Nintendo to take what they've done with the Me Creator um, in in Metopia. And maybe when maybe they don't even do it until the next console, but just make this your new default me creator because these games yeah. are so good. Right. No, they really are. And I, yeah. So I, I guess bringing things back to WarioWare, I do hope they're making one. I, I've made it very clear on the show before. I'm not a big Wario fan. I don't really like the character at all. However, I do draw the line at WarioWare. I enjoy the WarioWare games. And I, I like Wario in the WarioWare game specifically. And they're party games. They're fun. So it's been a while since WarioWare had a game. The only thing I'd add to that is if we can have WarioWare, 
then we can have Rhythm Heaven. Come on, Nintendo. <laughs> Make it happen. Even if it's just a Mega Mix port for Switch, give me Rhythm Heaven for Switch. Please, please. Um, my, oh, go ahead. My, my only like thought or question about WarriorWare going forward, if they're making another one, is how you get around the fact that you have two distinctly different motion control control schemes, depending on whether you play it handheld or uh, with with your, your Joy-Cons. Yeah. That, that feels like it would have to be two distinct sets of mini games and maybe maybe not Possibly. but i'd be very curious to see how they how they would handle that that would it could be, be something go ahead Derek. Uh, it'd just be really interesting if they actually have two sets of uh micro games but one for uh handheld one like for console mode, yeah, yeah. It, this is definitely this is the first hmm. one i can think of where they've released it on a console that has two very distinct modes of play yeah. Right. I mean, I guess theoretically, the I did not play the 3DS, uh, the DS version. Did that have two modes where you used buttons and used the styles? Granted, they're a lot easier to access. You don't have to See, switch. They did, they did, but you you could easily touch both at once. It wasn't mm. like, okay, quick, go grab the switch out the dock to put the controllers on so you can do the next mini game. Quick, take them back off for this mini game. Yeah. Right. Right. Hmm. I don't know, but I, I have seen a lot of people see. like see this and be like, "Enough with WarioWare! Where's Wario Land?" And I can feel that There's, the Wario Land games are a lot of fun. I have not played Wario uh, Wario Land Shake It, but it's gorgeous. So something of that caliber would be kind of cool. But I just I think WarioWare is just more popular. I, it's one of those it's things that. Nintendo has lots of side-scrolling platformery properties they can yeah. be doing. They don't have another WarioWare. Right. Mm, that's, that's a very true. good point. I the mean, closest is yeah. Rhythm Heaven, I think. Yeah, which they haven't touched in a while. Just, just drive the stake through my heart just a little <laughs> bit more. Just a little bit more. All I'm asking for is a Mega Mix port. I don't even expect a new game. Just something, please. I just Rhythm Heaven Fever on Wii was such a great party game because it's like the kind of thing anyone can come by, pick up Wii Remote, and immediately be like, oh, this is really cool and simple. Maybe I suck at it. It's just so easy to pick up and play. But this isn't about Rhythm Heaven. It's about WarioWare. <laughs> Don't let me go on about Rhythm Heaven because I'll never stop. Um, before we move on to our next news story, we did get a uh, super chat from Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy for $10.69, of course, saying, I got dozens of hours from the multiplayer games in Game & Wario. I have very fond memories of playing Sketch with my grandmother. Also, hi, Laura. Hi. <laughs> so, I, I, the, the front game was really fun. I will say that, mm. and I could see so, like in the right uh, the right group, it could be really fun. But it just didn't click with me the same way that WarioWare does. But I'm glad you. I did like, really like the sketch game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my general thought yeah. on things is like you enjoyed something that I didn't. How dare you? I am jealous that you got enjoyment out of this. I want enjoyment out of this, and so I never feel like you don't just shouldn't feel bad. You got something out of it that I didn't, and that's really cool. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to our next move story, which I would say is a real knockout. Sorry, that that was way too easy, or way too low-hanging. So, Knockout City, which I just recently played for the first time with uh, uh, Damiani and Brad from Easy Allies, is seeing some major early breakout success, or I guess knockout success, in the sense that it already has 5 million players, and it, uh, it, it didn't launch even all that long ago, so it's already got 5 million players, uh, and for those of you who are still interested in checking the game out, it is still free to play on all platforms up to street rank 25. So basically when you level up to level 25, then you have to either drop, I think it's $20 on the, the basic version or $30 on the 
extra content version, whatever you want to call it, uh, to keep playing. But based on my time playing the game, that's more than enough time to get a feel for it and see if, uh, you know, see if it appeals to you. Um, but I, I was actually telling the, the guys at Easy Allies after the stream that I was going to, like, really annoy Derek and Steve about playing this on stream together because, God, it's fun. It's so fun. Laura, have you played any Knockout City? Yeah, I played a couple of hours of it this week, and cool. I I dig it for the same reason as I dig something like Splatoon. I am a big fan of, basically, can we come up with a way of, of making a first-person shooter that isn't a first-person shooter? Um, mm. uh-huh. I, I like the pace of it, I like the simplicity, I like the fact that you can lock on to other players, which is great for me with my yeah. lacking coordination. It's a fun game! <laughs> it is, and it's got those. Uh, it's kind of, kind of like a Jet Set Radio esque aesthetic to it, which is always a good thing in my opinion. And mm-hmm. one thing that really stood out to me about the game is the sound design. Like when you yeah, wow. when you beam somebody with a dodgeball, it's so satisfying because it's just that sound is perfect, and it's just it feels it's it's great. It's very visceral. There's there's something really satisfying about the fact that it's not so much about having to aim your shot as it is waiting for that good opportunity for. They're not paying attention to me. Now's my my opening. It's really right. fun. Yeah, I, I've not had a chance to play it yet, but I mean, everybody I've talked to is just fusing how good it is, which uh, is really interesting to me because I remember the debut trailer of it and it pretty much being this thing like, really, that's it. It's just I, dodgeball I was the city. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that initial trailer did it any favors. Mm-hmm. I think that like they needed to just get into the game, show the gameplay, get out. Um, and like there are there are some problems with it. The visual design of the characters is very forgettable. I don't remember what my character looks like in that game <laughs> a couple of days after playing it. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of little things here and there. Um, I don't know how much longevity I'm going to get out of it because sure. it is very simple. It is very quick rounds of dodgeball, and the only real change between rounds is what your special ball for this round is. But I'm having fun with it so far. Right. And and mm-hmm. there definitely is like I, I was surprised to see just how meta it gets, like very quickly. Like you you mm-hmm. you very even like someone like me who's not very good at the game at all, like I'm bad at it straight up. But I could see already where all the team dynamics come into play, the different you know, ver- like the different balls you can use to, that have different properties and just all the different strategies that, that can be in play depending on like the layout of the map. It's very as you said, Laura, very Splatoon esque in that sense. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've seen some people in the chat saying, oh, it hurts to say that about an EA game. But you know what? Fun games are fun games. Yeah. I get, you know, the, the microtransaction as- transaction aspect sucks for sure. But look, it's a fun game. doesn't matter who published it. It's fun. I mean, it matters to a degree. But look, just because it has EA on the on the logo, I'm not going to turn turn it down. Yeah. It's fun. And I think it'd be fun to uh, form a crew, at least temporarily, with uh, Derek and Steve and get a few matches in before we all hit level 25. <laughs> Which I hear happens pretty quickly. It does if you get the level, if you get the bonuses. Like, if you mm-hmm. if you achieve the individual goals for that day or whatever, it you can get up. I think they're crew goals, squad goals or whatever. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can level up very quickly. But if you're like me and you're not very good and you lose a few games, it takes you, <laughs> takes you quite a while to level up. All right, so, that's good. Yeah, My- but... Okay. My, my question that I'm 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 interested to see is like five million people on a free to play game. Yeah, that that is a good start. Mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. curious how many people will hit that level twenty five and go. I want to because going from free to play to a twenty dollar commitment to keep going is a little bit of a jump, and I'm curious 
how many people will do that. I am too. I'm mm. like what what the retention rate will be, right? And that is yeah. a good question. Yeah, I mean. I think if I like, I, I have a uh, I have a couple of best friends I play Fall Guys with every week, and I've and I've actually mentioned them that mentioned to them that hey, we should try Knockout City, and if if they really fall in love with it and we start playing it a lot, I could easily see myself dropping twenty bucks on it. But if I was only going to be playing by myself, I don't think I would. Yeah, because this is so. obviously different model to something like your Fortnites where you can play as much as you like and we'll try and nickel and dime you elsewhere. It's right. You're gonna hit a point and we're going to say twenty bucks or leave. Yeah, I mean right. it's almost like a demo at that point, which not mm. a bad way to handle it. You got your thing uh, it has it gives it its attempt to hook you in. And I can see them being like, hey, even if you're at twenty five you can f- play this weekend or something like that and just get some more stuff and try to find a way to keep it uh, relevant. And as, as we're pointing out by the patron chat, I missed who uh, specifically said it, but um, this is developed by the same people who worked on Mario Kart Live. Right, uh, which is a yeah, random that, connection Villain there. Studios, I oh. think it was. Yeah. So it's, it's apparently they're going places. Like they just have that hook to them now. Which um, is... Honestly, pretty surprising because I've I've been very vocal about how I am not a fan of Mario Kart Live. I do not like the, or I did not like that game at all. I haven't played it in several months. Maybe it's this, gotten a lot better. This feels a lot more like a video game and a lot less like a vehicle for loot boxes than Mario right. Kart. Wait, Live is did. it? Wait, is it Mario right. Kart Live? Is Live is the one that's the? Uh, wait, I'm thinking the RC Kart. Live is the yeah. Oh, I'm I thinking, thinking tour. Which one's what's Live? Uh, the Live RC Kart. The, Augmented reality one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking of World Tour as well. <laughs> I almost completely forgot that Mario Kart Live was even a thing. But yeah. Okay. I think that's sense. more of the and issue. It's like it was kind of the hot thing for a moment, and, and it's like, yeah. well, can only do so much. <laughs> that's kind of what Steve said in his review. He reviewed it back during the GX days, and he talked about how it was like it was cool, like cool in concept. And it was like it had that G whiz factor, but the, the the shine kind of wore off fairly quickly, and it wasn't something he could see himself going back to. Which I could see a mile away, but it's saying, like, hey, it's yeah. fun. Fun is fun. Yeah. So. Well, hey, for for a game going from a really really poor uh, first trailer to five million players, uh, you know, already, it's a pretty good start. We'll see how it goes from there. Uh, but before we move on to our next news story, we do have a super chat. We have uh, a seven dollar and uh, seven Australian dollars and ninety nine cent donation from from Cordelia. Saying hi, Laura. With Winds of Change getting promo on Nintendo's YouTube, any visual novels you think would be good to port to Switch? Um, the first thing that's come to head is Doki Doki Literature Club, and I don't. I maybe that game's time has come and come and gone, mm. but I I feel like if you put that on the front page of the eShop for free, enough people would go. I heard something about this. Pick <laughs> it up and download it and have a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Um. I ah uh, the the only other one that's jumping to mind. I still think Hatterful Boyfriend is a wonderful game. The pigeon dating sim. Yeah, oh, I've heard. I've not played it, yeah. but I've heard things about it. It seems it is it is a, wild. It is a wild ride. Put put the pigeon dating sim on the Switch so I can date pigeons wherever I go. I mean, that's right. what we all want, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I agree um, with. I again, I miss. I t- can't mess with too many things here, so I, I don't want to screw around. Uh, again, I sorry I missed you in the patron chat. Um, totally agree. Ace Attorney four through six. Get that on. That's what I was oh, thinking. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Oh no! Really obvious answer. The Danganronpa games. Why? Oh yeah, that makes so much sense already. Yeah, I know people love those. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the first hey, one. I'm looking forward to playing the second. 
I don't know how good it is. Maybe we could get that Colonel Sanders <laughs> KFC oh, dating God. on Switch. I don't know how good it actually is. I just I just know that it exists, uh, but it, it is it is a pretty painful marketing grab that one. Oh, I'm sure it, it is. It wasn't yeah. very actually very good. Um, but Derek, I will absolutely co-sign with you on Ace Attorney four through six. I okay. loved being able to play the first three games on the WiiWare version with my wife and we've been waiting for them to come to a tv friendly format so we don't have to huddle around a ds or a 3ds as it were so hopefully here fingers crossed i mean with a great ace turning chronicles coming it's certainly possible yeah. i think mm-hmm. um but yeah well let's go ahead and move on to our next news story which is before uh, that we did get a donation oh. from brian calabro yeah. with a five dollar oh, donation awesome. saying just donating to think that i think we should shamelessly plug laura's books before the stream ends I think that's a good idea. Absolutely, yeah. Let me know when is a good time, and I will plug all of the various things I've written. Yeah, no, uh, before we, like, when we started doing our outro lore, we always give our guests a chance to plug everything they're working on, so we'll make sure Come up with a list, uh, say it all. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, And thank you for the donations, both uh, Cordelia and Brian. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which is, uh, I don't even know. Let's just get that up on screen. This is sad. So Yuji Naka has left Square Enix following the debacle that was Balan Wonderworld. Uh, and this was found out uh, via, this comes from gamesindustry.biz, uh, and this was found out due to updates on his personal LinkedIn and Facebook pages. Uh, he apparently wrapped up his tenure as a senior manager at Square Enix on, on April 30th. Now, no one seems to quite know for sure whether he actually left or was fired, but I think, you know, we can, regardless of how the departure actually happened, we can pretty much reason that Balan Wonderworld was the reason for it. And what a shame that it had to turn out this way. It, it, mm-hmm. It's a real shame in that, like, there are some elements of that game that I can see promise in. And I can Same. see I can see an idea that got overly ambitious, overly out of hand. And... It's a real shame that this this seemingly was the last the last thing he's he's going to have his hands on. It's not a great yeah. way to leave. I just it it really isn't. And and I agree with what you said, Laura. Like uh, this was a game that I had had wanted to review, would still like to, but I've just gotten you know covered up in piles of work. Um, but I saw things in that game, and especially heard things in that game that I liked. I mean, it had a beautiful soundtrack. Uh, it, the the world themes were genuinely dreamlike and had a Saturn-esque quality to them that were really that stood out to me as being really unique and memorable. But the actual gameplay was just yeah. so poor this, and so ah. This this mm. might be a strange comparison to make, but I feel like the problem with Balan Wonderworld uh, or Wonderland, whichever one it was, I always forget the name. <laughs> it's so um, weird. It's Wonderworld. Everybody wants to say it's, land. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the same problem that something like a, um, a Kojima game sometimes has, where there needs to be someone who just says, "Okay, you, here's what you're aiming for. Rain it back just a tiny bit. Mm. Like this is a great concept. Just just rain it in slightly." Yeah. Really? Yeah. It just... needed someone to tell them don't go don't don't keep making it bigger. Just make the thing you've got good. Yeah. Well, and the thing is it wasn't even that long a game either. It's I think it's got twelve yeah. chapters, two two levels each. I know there's a third level that, that opens up for each optionally after you beat the yeah. game. But it's not as though the the, the scope of Balan Wonderworld was particularly it... huge. In terms of the levels, it wasn't. The place where they seemingly ballooned on scale was the costumes. They just 
countless, 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 yeah, countless. That, I believe have repeats, which, right? Oh yeah, most yeah. of them, many of them have repeat abilities. Yeah. They're just different <laughs> skins for the same thing. It's effort that didn't need to be made, and it made activating powers so much more complicated than it needed to be. I, yeah, it's really a shame. Oh, go ahead, Derek. I'm just saying, I, I've seen multiple people mention how it might be it might have been better received or released around the same time as like Billy Hatcher. Cause Billy Hatcher has problems as well, but there's still a fan base for that. And I think at that time they might've gotten a little away with it a bit more and yep. people accepted for more what it is. Um, hard, hard to say for sure. Another, I think big issue with it is that a lot of the story, cause I've watched a few videos on this is locked away to a book a, a Battle yeah. and Wonder World book where it has like right. apparently most of it is backstory and the actual game yeah. part is like not until the third like th- three quarter mark. Yeah, and in terms of mm-hmm. stuff that that you that uh, Yukinaka was not helping himself with this game, in my eyes, one of the best things about this game was the cutscenes. The narrative mm. cutscenes were really well directed, gave a lot of character to the right? game. Um, apparently those weren't planned to be in the game. Yukinaka yeah. did not want those in the game. Oh, interesting. Other teams at Sega went and made the cutscenes themselves and were like, we've made these, please put them in. I think it's the same... Yeah, I think it's the same team that does the Final... I always find a way to bring this down, I swear. Do the Final (laughs) Fantasy XIV opening movies for each of the expansions, which the opening movie, Realm Reborn, still looks fantastic to this day, which is insane. Yeah, and it was. I mean, that was one of the first things I noticed when I played Balan Wonderworld was, was just how well produced and high quality the the CG is. And I'm just like, what happened with this game? Like, it, there's obviously it had a huge budget, but it just seemed like a lot of it was poured into the wrong aspects. And I don't know. I mean, I, I do want to believe in in Yuji Naka himself. And I certainly wish him all, all the success in the world. I don't like just bringing up a game just to just, you know, dump on it. But at the same time, it's indisputable that the game is just not good. And it, yeah. it should have turned out way better than it did. And the thing is, it, the production quality is there in other aspects. Like I said, the soundtrack, for example. Chapter 4, especially in, in Balan Wonderworld, is like one of my favorite video game music themes in recent history. It's beautiful. And the whole soundtrack's good. But... What happened to the game itself? And it, it looks good. It's just so weird. It's so weird. And I'm, I'm not surprised to see him leaving because there's a, there's a quote that's in that GamesIndustry.biz article. Um, he'd spoken to IGN back in September of 2020 and he said that this was his one chance to make a full-scale platform game. And that's so I, it, sad. Seems, it seems fairly obvious that his one chance did not go well and whether yeah. by, say, by, by Square Enix's hand or by his... There wasn't going to be another try at this. From my understanding, it seems like Yuji Naka is a better programmer and developer than leader. Not to say, because a man obviously has talent. And he obviously has, I mean, again, look at some of the aesthetics in in this game. Vision-wise, it's pretty, it's still memorable. Like, even Mm -hmm. though the game isn't good, I still remember the design of Balan. I still remember a a lot of those worlds in the game. I think that's a big thing that people bring up as well. They love the design of Balan, but you don't play as Balan. And the the kids, like, nobody cares about. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. It's a real shame that game could not have been delayed, because, like, I feel like, they trimmed some of the the unnecessary content down. 
and fixed the feel of the basic platforming so it wasn't nearly so floaty, you could have gotten a lot less flack. It would have gone over a lot better, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they had that demo. That demo told them people weren't digging it. It needed a delay. It, it would have sold better, I think, if they, they didn't put out the demo because that's all like people would have had to yeah. do because at least you would have got those initial yeah. sales. That demo killed them. Yeah, and I can't believe any, anybody thought releasing that demo was a good idea for the game. It was good for us in the sense that it stopped people from dropping $60 on it. But, but man, I'm shocked that nobody stepped in and said, you know what, guys? This just isn't very good. Maybe we shouldn't release this demo and just get the sales that we can. Just <laughs> speaking from a mercurial business standpoint here. I'm glad that it went the way it did because I would have hated for people to have dropped 60 bucks on what that game turned out to be. But... It's a shame because I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't regret the time I have spent with it in the sense that, you know, aesthetically, I, fa- I find it memorable and sometimes even breathtaking. But just the game from moment to moment gameplay is just so bad and unpolished. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those weird things that we'll be talking about for a long time, I think. But on that note, uh, somebody in our patron chat mentioned, I'm sorry who it was. Oh, I think it was Rob Arman X who said uh, this is a great chance to plug another friend of GVG, Matt McMuscles. He just uploaded a video on what happened with uh, with Balan Wonderworld. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I tend to watch pretty much every episode of what happened. So uh, check that out if you haven't already. I'm sure it's great. All yeah, it gives, gives you a lot of insight. I think there's another YouTuber out there who has like a 50-minute video really breaking down this stuff and actually going over the content in mm-hmm. that Balan Wonderworld book, all the like stuff that's interesting flavor, but it just didn't do it <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like we have all this great seasoning but eh, we're not gonna put it in it's right. over here if you want it <laughs> yeah I, well it's a shame but in the meantime you know even if balan really was a failure i would still really like to get knights on switch knights hd yeah. i think is still stuck on xbox 360 and ps3 knights is one of my favorite games of all time so can we at least get a port of that sega on switch and PS5 and everything, everything modern would be really nice, thank you. <laughs> um, before we move on to the next news story, we have a super chat from Hank Eats Games for $5, saying, hope Yuji Naka finds his feet again, but Balan was not it. Same, you know, yeah. say what you will about him, but he's still an industry, you know, luminary, in my opinion. He's someone that, I, that I've I've looked forward to his com. Obviously, a big Sonic fan. Look forward to his output in general. I don't want to see this be the end of Yuji Naka. No, I, I don't rebound. think it will be. I think he'll find some way to do it. He just needs to go smaller scale, and I think he'll find his feet. Yeah. 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 So. Indeed. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring up our next news story then, which uh, deals with a game I know Derek in particular is quite excited about. And uh, unfortunately, Atlas uh, <laughs> mistakenly leaked some information about whoops. Shin Megami Tensei 5. Sorry? Just whoops from Atlas. Yeah, whoops, yeah. This is a big whoops, yeah. So prior to E3, they basically uh, leaked that Shin Megami Tensei 5 is finally going to be launching on November 11th. And this came uh, via a leak that Persona Central spotted on the game's Japanese website. So this is just a, a simple pushing website update too early, or pushing it live too early. Someone spotted it, and now, of course, it's all over the internet. But it is nice to finally have a release date for this game, because Shin Megami Tensei Five was revealed way back, I it, believe. It's the, the last of our an- announcement right. games that we've yeah, gotten, right. so that's so insane in and of itself. Over. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if November 11th is just the Japanese launch. I don't know. Did they say whether this is getting they, they, worldwide? They said, world, they said worldwide oh, okay. when they originally talked about it. They haven't unconfirmed that since. So okay. I would assume November 11th. Right. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully it is still a worldwide release cool. because people have been waiting so long for this game already that it would it would sting to have you know to have to wait even longer for a Western release. Can, mm. can I put on my tinfoil conspiracy hat for a second? Please do. Please I, do. So um, I am going here off of Persona Central's translation. I do not speak Japanese, so I have not seen the original text, and I'm I'm looking into a wording here, but there is a sentence in here. Shin Megami Tensei Five combines the original charm of the series with the high-quality visuals of the latest hardware. I'm putting my conspiracy theory hat on. Oh. This is a reference to the Switch Pro. Hmm. I like where you're going with that. Interesting. That'd be that'd be something. That's, I did not even maybe, think about that. Maybe, maybe that's nothing, but but the latest hardware to me could be a aha. It's gonna look fancy on this. God, wouldn't that have been something like bringing it to the Switch Pro or whatever the Switch thing is going to be called I, mean, I this is probably a wild shot because if you look further down the list it just says platforms switch i i if, if they were going to accidentally mm. leak, leak switch pro they'd have it would have probably have been down there right I'm, I'm gonna give myself a little tick point if that turns out to be a thing no you should <laughs> do we know for sure that it, it is it an exclusive for sure they could it not come to ps5 and xbox no it is it is switch exclusive same way okay. that smt4 was 3ds exclusive so yeah right right okay well, then, I mean, yeah, I mean, even if it was a timed exclusive, they wouldn't be referencing other platforms during that exclusivity period. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you could be right, Laura. <laughs> I, I like the I, way you think. I would love that to be the case. It's maybe nothing, but we're coming up to E3 and I have to microanalyze everything. Of course, what else of course. Do to fill a week? <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, but Derek, I know, I mean, I, I know you're fairly, probably out of all of us on the core GVG crew, you're probably the, the most hype about this, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely intrigued, but I've never played a mainline SMT game. I mean, I tr- mm-hmm. actually, it's a lie. I picked up SMT4, could not make it past the tutorial. I got my butt kicked. Now, people tell me it gets easier after that, but there's apparently there's always just this thing about SMT games where there's this initial, you're going to get your butt kicked and you just have to power, kind of power through it in order to get to the real uh, meat of the game and I think it's Matador in in Nocturne that just got re-released yeah. that's why he's mm-hmm. kind of a, a thing um, and a meme at this point amongst the community but I'm still interested I actually talked to uh, a good friend of mine uh, Catherine uh, who um, went over a lot of like what this sort of thing does and, it, and to her uh, this is almost like the inverse of Nocturne where that was more the chaos path and dealing with demons, this seems like that same sort of setup, except with the law path uh, for people. Because there's always like this balance between law and chaos in the SMT games, and you never get a canon ending. You always get different endings based on your choices. So there's not necessarily a true or good ending, but it'll lead you down this way. And this one, I guess, favors the law side of things and the and where you get taken. Um She's pretty excited. I think it's it's cool, and maybe maybe this will be the one that really breaks core SMT into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Hard to say for sure, though. Well, I know from at least uh, my time at uh, Udon, I, I did the uh, I, I helped edit and localize the uh, Shin Megami Tensei Four art book, and even though I haven't played any of the mainline Shin Megami Tensei games, you know, doing the art book, you you get a feel for the story and everything that happens. The story in Shin Megami Tensei Four is really good. It's really interesting. So I can absolutely see why 
people are so invested in these games, uh, even if I haven't played one myself. Uh, that, that, that difficulty wall is a bit much for me too, Derek. It's just like, I don't necessarily want to feel like I need to grind, but at the same time, these stories are so, or at least in four, I can't speak for the others, but people seem to really like the, re the re-release of Shin Megami Tensei 3. The story in four is great. So yeah, I mean, I'm certainly going to be keeping an eye on five. I don't know if I'll actually play it, especially given time-wise, but uh, I'm just glad that it finally has a release date for all the people who have been waiting for it for so long, because it's been, as we said, it was announced at the Switch's uh, reveal. So mm. it has been a long time coming. Um, that, sorry, go ahead. That that, that difficulty wall's not going to be for everyone, certainly, mm. but I think a serious narrative, high visual quality, big RP JRPG on the Switch, that's a thing that the console feels like it needs right now. It needs a big, yeah. beefy, this is going to take you tens of hours to get through. Yeah, I guess it, the most recent yeah. would be Bravely Default 2, right? Was that the last major I think so. JRPG the, release? The, the, the yeah. last major one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, which had its own kind of, you know, I mean, mixed reception to a degree. I, I see people are hoping for good art design for it, which is uh, completely possible because uh, according to this other thing, it's apparently um, some of the demon designs are being redrawn by, newly drawn by Masayuki Do uh, Doi, the character designer of the title. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's cool. We're seeing because even just playing Persona, I was like, oh, I recognize the, a lot of these demons. <laughs> they show up a lot. And uh, it's kind of cool to get um, that aspect. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to try, like, well, the problem, the really tricky part is it's seeing what this uh, November is going to be like. Because if this is coming out worldwide in November, mm -hmm. there's potentially a lot of other really big things in here. And, <laughs> like, who knows what Nintendo is coming out with? Who knows what else is uh, might be on the yeah. way? Don't pretty know. Pokemon, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Oh, yeah. I'll be busy with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We might uh, get a guest reviewer on Shimming on my Tensei Five if we get it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm curious in SMT Five. I'd like to play it, but I'm sorry, Pokemon is where it's at yeah. for it, that it, type it, of thing. It right. seems like one of those games that would do well in something like a January or February, where there's yes. not much else to play, where it's got some breathing room. It's a difficult proposition if you've got a busy holiday season to try and play it in. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, as uh, the Irish Jackalmon in our uh, patron chat points out, there's also Project Triangle Strategy, which doesn't have a solid release date yet. But you know, I, that's that's I to me feels the like a 2022 game. But but that is also coming up. But I feel like Shin Megami Tensei Five will actually beat that out. Um, they beat it to release. Although oh, somebody absolutely. else in our patron chat, I'm sorry, I missed uh, who it was. But somebody mentioned when we first started talking about this that Shin Megami Tensei Five is releasing, or at least we're we're getting a release date before Bayonetta Three. Any information came out about Bayonetta three. When the hell is that game coming? Like maybe we'll geez. see it at uh, any three. I don't know. I, I feel like this is the E three for it. And again, I'm I'm one of those people that that still thinks those Switch Pro before E three things are maybe real. And I'm like, that's that's what they're waiting for Bayonetta three for that. That's I'm get, trying to give myself hope. I want to uh, and that was Ditto M, by the way, who points out in the chat that was Ditto M who said that. So thank you for that comment, Ditto okay. M. Or excuse me, Project Ditto Empath Traveler, which is a really funny name. I like that. 
Um, okay, well, before we move on to the next news story, we do have a couple of super chats. Uh, first yeah. is $6.90 from A Drink to the Past. Dude, that name is amazing. Love your content almost as much as I love beer. What's the GVG Cruise's booze of choice? Uh, also doing my part to bring back hashtag wet GVG member Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Um, I, I don't – I, I Another- tend to like – Go ahead, Derek. I'm not a beer drinker, so I if I'm drinking anything, it's always uh, ciders. I like my ciders. Yeah, like I'll try different kinds of beers just because you know I like drinking socially with friends and stuff. But I tend to prefer pilsners, like like lighter pilsners. Like I'm not an IPA fan at all. I'm not really a big fan of the chalky, really hoppy beers. So um, yeah, so I, I'll usually just settle for a good pilsner or ale, maybe. But I am by no means a beer expert or alcohol expert. <laughs> I don't you even know, know the difference between Pilsner and IPA. And I, That's how little I drink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, sometimes my my wife and I will have some drinks together. We'll, like, we'll just do a couple of shots of vodka. Like, we're not trying to mix fancy drinks or anything, anything like that. So, uh, Laura, what about you, though? I'm usually a fruity cider drinker. If yeah. you can give me something mm-hmm. that tastes as unalcoholic and as much like Same. fruit juice as possible, that's yeah. that's good for me. That's I me. love ciders and lambics. Like in anything, yeah. any fruity flavor, like yeah, apple cider, pear, uh, oh, raspberry. There, in my old hometown, there was a uh, a Belgian restaurant, Ash, that had tons of drink choices, and that's Ooh, you you nice. find that sort of variety there. Like you could, I think, twenty bucks, and you get like a sample uh drink of like five oh, different ones awesome. that you choose and i actually enjoyed that plus they had like this cho- these uh waffles with chocolate syrup and uh whipped cream on it for desserts oh, and like i miss that place that it's amazing. really gummy it's expensive but really <laughs> yummy <laughs> that, that reminds me of a i went to a beer festival once in belgium with my, my wife and i were traveling around europe and we uh, went to a beer festival in belgium and it was they had just all the selection you could imagine and just you know drinking it there in Belt, which is awesome. Which you just walk around, check out the sites. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Real quick, though, so anyway. uh, before we get to our next donation, which I'll always appreciated, uh, Hudio uh, has just joined uh, up their pledge to join our live audience tier. So oh, welcome yeah. there. Thank you. Hudio, welcome to our live audience, and thank you so much for the support on Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining our live audience. We're happy to have you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a drink to the past. Thank you again for your donation. Uh, and we also have a $4.99 donation from Instinctive30 saying, I don't know how likely this would be, but what if this means an SMT character could come to Smash and get announced at uh, at, ME- at E3? Demi-Fiend, perhaps. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for the donation, Instinctive30. I don't know if I see that as a realistic possibility, I- though. I don't think it's going to happen mainly because they've only got two slots left to fill, and I suspect that they're going to want to make sure that they fill those out with like big heavy hitters that they end on a on a big happy note. Mm-hmm. And as much as I'm sure this game is going to be fantastic, people do not have an attachment to any of the characters right now, and. I don't, because like I I couldn't tell you what character yeah. from SMT I think is a problem. It's like even beyond that, I think people don't even know Persona, no Joker. Um, yeah, right. And that's the thing is like we already do have a Persona character, and I know don't roast me, Shin Megami Tensei fans. I know the two aren't the same, and I know that there are a lot of SMT fans who are annoyed at Persona's wider penetration into the overall gaming market. Mm-hmm. I get that they're separate, but for Smash purposes, I don't know if it would make sense to have both a Persona character, which Persona still is an SMT spinoff, even though it's taken on its own identity as of late, and a core SMT character. 
Because here's the thing. I reckon we get one Smash character at E3. They're probably going to release before SMT does, which means it's not going to be an SMT5 character, because why Mm. would you release that before the game's out? Yeah. And then at some point we're going to get the final character and they're not going to end on SMT. That's just not the kind of character they're going to end the battle pass on. Games releasing don't really seem to matter too much for the Smash lineup, but they don't really, unless it's like Nintendo related, they don't really try to line up. Third party doesn't Mm. matter too much. Right. Um, um a couple more super chats have come in thank you again instinctive 30 by the way uh we have another uh seven australian dollar 99 cent donation from from cordelia saying one more donation mara for smash also laura no. any good recommendations for games with good trans reps for pride month oh uh i would recommend it is currently free on both steam and xbox game pass uh tell me why Ooh, uh, yeah. this is yeah, this is a game that released uh, last August, September time. Uh, it's by Don't Nod, who are the developers of Life is Strange. Um, don't be put off if you played Life is Strange and found the writing a little bit cringy in places. Um, this is by far the best written thing Don't Nod have done. It is the most focused narrative they've ever done. Um, but it features a wonderfully written um, trans man protagonist who... I would argue is the best piece of trans representation the video game industry currently has wow. in terms of being a diverse, well-written, well-fleshed-out person who gets to be a personality outside of his trans status. Like, go, go play it. It's yeah. it's free. You can download it before the end of the month and keep it forever, so go get it. I've heard really great things about Tell Me Why. I'm interested in playing it as well. Mm-hmm. I've not nice. played uh, Life is Strange at all or anything like that, but I've oh, heard so I've heard good. nothing but good things about these these games. So yeah, the original Life is Strange. Tell me why I on Steam before it end, before I, I have to pay for it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Base Forever with another twenty dollar uh, twenty US dollar donation saying need to shout out Trails of Cold Steel Four, which just got a Switch port. It's from Falcom, the people who make East. It's a one hundred plus hour JRPG that concluded the first half of the Trails saga, which is nine games and counting. Made me cry twice. Well, thank you again, Base Forever, for the generous donation. And yes, I'm 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 well aware of the Trails series. I played a little bit of one of them back in the PSP and a little bit of the first Trails in the Sky game, but I haven't like really dug into the series in a huge way because they're all so long, as you said. They are massive uh, plus right hours. Here. Yeah. Uh Laura, have you played the, the Trails games at all? Again, I've played a little bit of a couple of different ones, but I've never Same. gotten far enough in to have big opinions gotcha mm. gotcha um all right moving on to uh, one more super chat donation uh nintendo derek with two dollars saying chances of lara croft or phoenix Wright in smash um i, I think about the same them, as anybody else honestly yeah like i mean definitely i i think they they both have way more uh, of a chance than a should make on my tensei five character yeah. but in terms of are they at the top of the list i wouldn't say so but i think that they they either of them could have at least a chance I- I would love to see to see Phoenix right, but also I think, I think if he was going to happen, the time would have been a few years ago. That's kind of what I and I think we mentioned yeah. this in our recent Smash State of Smash discussion here in the channel as well. That like as cool as Phoenix would be to to have Phoenix and Smash, I do feel like his window of opportunities more or less kind of closed at this point. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. Uh, one more super chat just came in. Alan Wilkinson with a two uh, two pound donation saying, "If we're playing that game, Hulk for Smash, man, Hulk isn't a video game character. Come on, 
I mean, Hulk is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, Hulk, I love... Hulk is in video um, games. Yeah. I've played video games with the Hulk in. Therefore, he counts. Sure. Yeah, so in, in that case, Goku counts too, right? Goku's totally a game character. <laughs> totally. But no, I mean, Hulk would be pretty hype. Obviously, yeah, Mar- Marvel's great. But uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll be seeing any Avengers in Smash anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, sorry. I thought I thought I cut you off, Laura. Uh, did, were you going to say no, something? No, no, no. No, it's all okay. Good. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which deals with a game I am so hype about. And that, uh, that is that we have some new Horizon Forbidden West details uh, from Nibel on Twitter. And these all come from a Game Informer interview with Horizon Forbidden West's devs. And I'm just going to kind of run off the list here. There's going to be a new free climbing system, full 3D audio and DualSense support for the PS5 version, of course. A completely overhauled skill tree, new melee system with combos, which we saw a bit of in the state of play last week, uh, many different biomes, a new workbench system for upgrading your equipment, uh, development is on track, uh, as well as, let's see, a lot of the game has been developed on PS4 and is still being play tested on PS4, but the PS5 version has a different water rendering technique, uh, as well as more details. And the hero lighting on Aloy is only available in cutscenes on PS4, whereas it follows her around in gameplay on the PS5. Uh, the world size is a bit bigger, but the focus is still on density more than anything, apparently. Which is good. Um, yeah, which is a good thing. Uh, Aloy can use the focus scan on humans now, since they now have armor pieces, like the machines exclusively did in the first game. Uh, and apparently humans are also more aggressive than before. Uh, and also, the underwater gameplay is deeper than one might think. And I did a little extra research here, and uh, I did read another thing that they were talking about, that instead of, like focusing on making environments only more vertical that they wanted to have Aloy be able to travel deep underneath the ocean as well and have a whole underwater realm to explore. So, uh, and also I think that the story takes place around six months after the, uh, after the events of the first game, of course, not going to get into that because I don't want to spoil anybody. Yeah. I have not played. (laughs) Yeah, But man, uh, I, I, everybody, all GVG fans know how excited I am about this. Laura, are you a horizon fan? Did you watch the state of play? How are you feeling? I'm a big fan. I watched the state of play. I am very excited for this game. Um, For people who are still going to be playing this on PS4, I'm really happy to hear that that version is not an afterthought, that they are Mm. focusing on making sure it is still good there and pushing it up to PS5. That's a trade-off I'm happy to make to keep more people playing it. Um, The most interesting thing mechanically to me is the new free climbing system. Because when you put that alongside what we saw in the state of play of them having the uh, the hang glider as well. I can't help but think, this released basically the same time as Breath of the Wild. Are they trying to learn some lessons from it? It feels like that, so, doesn't it? I It feels like that, and if so, I'm totally on board with it. I want these two games to just go back and forth stealing each other's good ideas because they're both two <laughs> yeah, as, as soon as I saw uh, her, her, you know, bring out that energy hang glider, I was like, oh, yeah. that's like Link's sailcloth, but way cooler, way cooler. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really interested to see how the free climbing system is going to work, because we do see in that state of play where she, you know, Aloy uses her focus and it highlights like points in the environment where she can climb. But I was doing some research on this story, and apparently that just highlights them for like areas with bad lighting. Yeah. Aloy can still oh. climb regardless of whether they're highlighted or not. So oh, okay. I'm really curious to see how that works. Hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm really hoping that it that it has the sense of you can climb where you want as opposed to these are the climbing paths. Like 
I, I've never been a big fan of tomb, the Tomb Raider reboot games are always like this, where you have the white painted line on the wall to go, mm. that's where you can climb. I want to feel like I'm doing the adventure. Discovering it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny hearing some of these things and being like, um, not sure exactly what they mean. Like, it, it kind of bounces off me. Like, I'm not sure exactly, like, what I'm missing here as far as how they, like, what would they were like in the original game. Because uh, I'm going to be playing it soon, the original game, but not until basically after E3. And um, I like a new workbench system for upgrades. What does that mean? A new, uh, you know... Different. I mean, uh, overhauled skill tree was the skill tree in the original bad. Like I don't know. Like seeing this stuff is like, what's different? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's. I can tell you just from the state of play, uh, Derek, and I suspect you'll agree with me, Laura, that the melee combat is is probably the the point of the most immediate upgrade from the first game. Like the, the melee combat wasn't bad in the first game; it was just very basic and, and unremarkable. Yeah. But seeing seeing these combos that Aloy does in the state of play, where she darts back and forth and she does like her super move with her staff, like it really feels like they're beefing up the melee combat in a huge way. I I feel like that's necessary because the first game didn't have a lot of combat with humans, and now that this right. is focusing a lot more on humans, you can't really. Maybe you can, but I feel like you can't shoot a tether right into a human's chest to tie them to the ground. I feel like a lot of the things that... <laughs> That'd be kind of badass, though. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the things you could do with the robotic animals in the first one you can't do to humans, and as such, they've had to fix their melee system a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And uh, I know there's also another kind of related news story where uh, one of Horizon Forbidden West developers say they are aware of the outcry for Aloy to have flying mounts in this game, but obviously could not commit one way or the other to whether they're actually going to be in the game or not, but just that they're aware that it's a highly requested feature. And uh, that's that would just add one more bullet point onto the long, long list of things I'm so, so excited for in this game. But, oh man, I'm so hyped. I, the one last thing from Nibel that you did not mention, uh, Ash, was oh, in a French interview, uh, Forbidden West also features a will feature a 60 FPS performance mode on PS5. So oh, right. Yes, quite as good, but still me. actually get the 60 FPS that I know people yeah. call for. I, yeah. As I've said many, many times before, I can't see FPS. <laughs> I am so bad at differentiating <laughs> between 30 and 60, so might as well I, just make it look good for me. <laughs> though. That might be a good I, thing. I can see them if I swap back and forth between them. The PS5 mm -hmm. generation has been terrible for me because giving me a button that lets me go, here's 30, here's 60, here's 60, <laughs> I can't unsee it and I've become a bit of a 60 FPS snob. Oh, this, this okay. Maybe I should not yeah, do should. that then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that it's there. I'm not surprised. They Sony seem to be making this a standard on all their PS5 games. Is Here's the, here's the 4K version, here's the 60 FPS version. Right, so it's either going to be 60 FPS in performance mode or 4K 30 FPS in the graphics mode, apparently. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, for me, 60 FPS is something I really, you know, I usually go for performance over resolution, but it also depends on the genre. So, like, a game like Horizon, I don't necessarily feel like I need to have in 60 FPS, but at the same time, if I can, I'm gonna. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to have at least the option to switch back and forth and decide, you know, on a game-by-game -game basis what works for me. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, but I, I'm excited. I'm um, looking forward to finishing up the first game, so I'm ready for this one. I can't wait to talk to you about it, man. Play it. I can't wait to talk to you about the story. It's so good. It's so good. Mm. 
Um, but uh, before we get on to our next news story, we have a $5 donation from Hey It's Dingo saying Valkyria Chronicles 4 has a trans woman unit. Sadly, she uses a male unit model, but she is written well and is loved by the other units. I didn't know that. Uh, thank you uh, for the That's donation. I ran hey, into that unit my t- the time I played. Might have I was going to ask because I know you played it, right? I didn't finish it, but I got pretty, I got reasonably far. Uh, but I'm not sure if that unit popped up or not. I'll have to mm-hmm. keep an eye out for it because I do want to go back and uh, do that one. Saying it's Rose. Let me look up. Hold on. Need to look up that character. If I recognize him or not. <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, have you played Valkyria Chronicles 4, Laura? No, I haven't. I, okay. This is not what I can chime in on. Gotcha, gotcha. These are ones where I certainly appreciate the games, but they're more uh, where I also worked on the Udon, you know, uh, the yeah. Udon art books for them, one through three. So I know the stories and I know the characters very well, but I haven't really played the games. Hmm. Having trouble any, uh, finding any it. Any luck, Derek? Yeah, I'm having I'm having trouble finding it, so I'll have to look at it later. Right. Um, cool, cool. But because uh, I have to man this for your the next story, I'll take a look at it as we <laughs> join the next one. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that next news story, I would say it's pretty damn sus. So let's go ahead and that <laughs> And I, I don't even know where to go with this. I'm just going to read it right out. This comes from a tweet uh, from an IGN tweet. A chicken nugget shaped like an Among Us character has sold at auction for almost one hundred thousand dollars. The fuck? <laughs> like what? Can I just go to McDonald's right next to me, find an Among Us shaped chicken nugget, and? make a hundred grand like please come on i i don't want to burst your bubble but i have a caveat on this story right now yeah yeah so whenever you hear stories of blank sells for x amount on ebay you have to bear in mind that that price is the winning bid Mm -hmm. the person then has several days in which to pay after winning the auction if there is no guarantee the person has or will pay for the item right Um, so we don't know if someone actually is going to put that hundred thousand down, but we do know that they've said they will. Right. Okay. I mean, for now, I would say that that's good yeah. enough for me with the headline. I mean, yeah, we don't know if they're actually going to come through with the purchase, but I'd like to think and hope they will. I mean, I wish it was me. I wish it was I was the one who who's getting the hundred grand for my Among Us shaped chicken nugget, but. At the same time, I just like the idea that somebody out there really does love this damn game enough I, that they're willing to pay that I, for this. I really, I really hope they do because, like this, <laughs> these kind of stories, I feel like used to be a much bigger thing in decades past. Of like, I found an animal cracker that looks like Jesus or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a "my piece of food is shaped weird, buy it, please" story. Right. Yeah. Um, Eddie B in our patron chat says, so what Laura is saying is that the buyer could still turn chicken on the deal. Oh, oh my God. Well said. Well said, Eddie B. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I, like I said, I, I hope this purchase goes through just because I love the absurdity of it all. But I mean, yeah, what else is there to say about this? I mean, Among if you do buy it, what would you do with it? Like, you just like mount on the wall is like, yes, this Name is it? my chicken. I, guess. I feel like you'd have to keep it in the freezer or something, so you wouldn't want your prized chicken nugget to rot. Because even if you freeze it, it's going to... for special occasions. Yeah, yeah. I know. you got to craft a little knife for it. Like, just dress it up, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Uh, but uh, what I do know is that you, Narukami, is correct when they say that Steve should review that chicken nugget in our... Uh, yeah, there you go. Put down that 100, 100K, Steve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, man. What's the, what's the big deal? You got that. It's pocket change, right? Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, congratulations to the winning bidder if they actually pay for it. I feel like if if someone wanted to launch some kind of, like, YouTube or Twitch career, if they happened to be the person who purchased this and was like, here's the stream where I'm just going to eat 100,000 chicken nugget. Can you imagine, like... Oh, yeah, well, totally. If they just ate it very slowly, just one little tiny nibble at a time, and just, that was it. They were just eating that $100,000 chicken nugget. So that just reminds me of uh, Homer's Forbidden Donut. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. So congrats to the winning bidder. If they actually end up buying it, I hope they do. Maybe we can even have them on TNT one day to talk about why they did. If they actually someone actually buys this, who knows? Um, but... Mm. Real, real uh, quick, we do have. I, I oh, did, we get a, did you get a donation or because I missed that? Uh, um, I checked just about a minute ago, but I haven't checked recently. Okay, I don't think we did, but I just wanted to follow up on no. the whole uh, Rose from Val- uh, Valkyria. Oh, okay, go for it. Uh, it's Rosetta. That's what uh, threw me off. Threw me off ah. a little bit. I do remember encountering this character. Did not click with me. Uh, the biography is uh, presents as feminine. Uh, birth. Uh, I don't want to give the birth name. Um, uh, prefers women's clothing partly out of a genuine wish, wish to look beautiful, but also an effort to encourage others not to ju- be not to judge by appearances. Um, and then in a bit of trivia, uh, the English translation notably never refers to Rosetta as either he or she. It's not particularly clear whether mechanically they are kind of as male, female, or neither for purposes of potential, such as uh, some of the um, abilities that characters have like if you're close to a female uh character you'll get some buffs uh, or uh, male so um i think honestly that looks like it's handled pretty well overall don't like the fact that they have the uh, birth name but um it otherwise is, it is literally never necessary to include no. that information it right. just isn't needed it just isn't yeah so. No, I, I mean, I, I, I will take uh, Rob's word for it. Rob, our ex is in the chat is who told us about this, and it is not up to me to decide what serves as good or bad representation, trans representation in games. I, It is not up to me. Yeah. So I, I, I try will, to keep I try yeah. to keep up on as much of it as I can, but also, like, it's also quite tiring to have the, I'm sure. a trans character exists, you need an opinion on this. I'm right. Yeah, that's gonna be... You don't need to comment on everything, single thing. Um, <laughs> right. But it's nice that Santa seems to be handled mostly respectfully. As um, well as you can expect. Uh, circling back to the Among Us chicken nugget, uh, really quickly... Looking at the bid, uh, this comes from Eastman23 uh, in our patron chat saying, looking at the bid history, it went straight from $0.99 cents to $14,000 in, $14, in one bid. Yeah. One bid. That's, they, they wanted to make this news and we yeah. fell for it. Darn. Yeah. All right. Ridiculous. All right. Well, we have a couple more news stories to get through. So let's go ahead and get that uh, second to last story up on screen. And this serves as a follow-up to a, uh, a story we reported on a couple of episodes ago about uh, a sequel to Bloodstained potentially being in development. And this comes straight from the official Bloodstained Twitter account saying, Regarding recent reports, 505 Games and Artplay are in very early planning stages for a Bloodstained sequel. However, current development resources are focused on completing Bloodstained Ritual of the Night's upcoming content. We have a lot planned for you. So basically... They're kind of low-key confirming that it's happening, but just don't expect anything for quite a while, as it's not happening anytime soon. Yeah, which is not too surprising. Like, I think they're working out um, 
probably the story. I think just a lot of pre-production stuff that like people that don't work on the DLC can work mm-hmm. on. Like, you know, you don't need a writer working on the uh, uh, original game at this point because it's just extra modes and stuff like that. I think there's still quite a bit of content to put into the game, the first game, though, which is like, uh, I, I great it all. Thank you. I, I love the game, but I've really not checked out a lot of the extra content. I just enjoyed the base game. Same. And I know they promise all that stuff, but it's like, all right, wrap it up and let's get to the sequel because that's where all the exciting stuff is. Like, it's, it's cool that we can replay yeah. this stuff in different ways, but no, I want I want my sequel because I love this, this yeah. game so much. It Same. really blew my expectations out of the water. Um, cause I wasn't sure based on the early demos and then it just clicked yeah. when it all came together. I'll, I'll say this. I don't mind that this is still in the early stages and that it's still a long way from being done because as was shown with the first game, they knew what they were doing and sure they needed to take their time with it. It did take forever to come out. I have hope that this one will have a faster development timeline because they've worked out a lot of the core mechanics, a lot of how the game works, a lot of the little finicky things, but I'll wait as long as I need to if it's going to be as good as the first one was. Mm-hmm. I really thoroughly enjoyed the first Bloodstained. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, was it perfect? No, but it was it was just really solid throughout. Just really great. Uh, Michiru Yamane's soundtrack was on point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, David Hayter in the voice cast, which was awesome as uh, Zangetsu. It was great. I enjoyed it. I, I think it's my favorite of the retro game creator comes back to make a spiritual successor to the thing you love them yeah. for. Yeah. Like they they did the best job of it and I hope they continue doing so. It might be the only well no, ukulele did alright. But again, it's it's I I like this more than ukulele. Although agreed. Uh, the uh impossible layer is better, but ukulele essentially was made as a banjo kazooie follow up, not a Donkey Kong follow up. So I think under yeah. that thing, yeah. As for what it was originally intended yeah, <laughs> Bloodstain I think has been the, the most successful, and again I ju- I'm looking forward to the sequel. I obviously it's going to be a ways out, but um, let's let's keep it going. Let's let's keep this series going because <laughs> we're certainly not getting any Castlevania. In fact, I saw right. you Narakami in the uh, patron chat ask me my favorite handheld Castlevania. I mean, it's not only my favorite handheld; it's my favorite Castlevania in general. Uh, Aria of Sorrow, uh, not Aria of Sorrow, um, Order of Ecclesia. Order of Ecclesia is my absolute favorite. That's probably favorite. my, my, it's either that or it, Aria or Order are my favorite as well. They're or, both really Order good. just combines every, that has the art style, it has the uh, gameplay, has the difficulty, has just every element firing on all cel- cylinders. And I think that's what I uh, enjoyed most about it. Even has a feel of like old school Castlevania at certain points. Um, so that's why Order of Ecclesia is my favorite. And uh, Ritual Night hits a lot of the same beats as Order of Ecclesia. It obviously takes some inspiration from Order of Ecclesia. So, right. That's um, good stuff. You put it very well. <laughs> I didn't realize this, but you, Narukami, in the uh, patron chat points out that Cygnus from Mega Man X7, Robert Belgrade, the actor for Cygnus, is in Bloodstained. I didn't realize that. I blocked oh, oh, yeah. as much of X7 out of my mind as I could. But that's, well, that's, that's be- a cool little. Well, that's because Belgrade was also the voice actor for. Alucard in Symphony of the Night. Oh, wait, that's him. Okay, I didn't yeah. put two. Okay, I didn't and realize that was that, him. That's who funny. plays the vampire. I forget his name in the game, but the vampire in right. Bloodstained. Because so. I, as soon as I heard him in Bloodstained, I'm like I of course recognize that as the OG Alucard voice immediately. I didn't know that was his name. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, one one two. I know this is going to annoy you, Derek, but I got I got to point this out. Uh, as for you know, old school revival games 
you know, coming back to on like modern platforms, one, one, two says mighty gunvolt burst is my favorite. Inti creates are masters at this. And I've been trying to convince Derek for years, 112, that Mighty Gunvolt Burst is a great game that should not be looped in with Mighty Number no. 9. Thank you, it Laura. is a great game. Thank you. You should play it. You should do yes. it. Yes. But it has Beck in it, and Beck sucks. <laughs> oh, he's awesome in this game. He's okay. He's fine in this game. Leave Beck alone, man. KG and Afune you know, screwed Beck over. It's not Beck's fault. It. See, it's more just holding up the joke at this point than anything no, else. I like, I don't care either way. Yeah. But... But that's the thing. It's also not the actual what proposed. Same way Impossible Layer. Great game. Enjoy it more than the original ukulele, but not what it was advertised. If that was what was came out as Mighty, you know, uh Mighty Number no. Nine, great. I'd be really right. happy. But Yeah. Shellshock Prime puts it perfectly. Mighty Gunvolt Burst is what Mighty Number no. Number Nine should have been. It really is. Straight up. Straight yeah. up. Um oh man. Uh, uh base forever with another two dollar donation saying, Burn to the ground. Can you hear me, Zero? Burn to the ground. Which is a Mega Man Gosh. X7 joke. If you played X7, the boss, Flame Hyenard, just screams, burns to the ground, burn, burn, over and over again. And he repeats himself. Oh, yeah, God, repeats himself. The, the voice clips are layered on top of one another. That whole game is just a, such a fucking mess, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Well, we do have one more news story to cover. And this is uh, befitting our channel name. This is just full of good vibes. And we figured this is a good way to send you all into the weekend. So let's get that up on screen. And that is that a uh, group of indie game developers have kind of formed a grassroots effort to put together an indie bundle for Palestinian aid. And uh, the bundle was hosted by Tibawai with content from 865 other creators. So this comes from the bundle's Ichio page. Uh, so far, the bundle has raised 54,000. Well, actually, oh, uh, even more. It's 78,102. $78,102.17 out of their $500,000 goal. So, and you get like over almost a thousand games for this. Like for it's, it's five, five bucks. You can pay what you want. Five bucks. Wow. You can pay what you want above $5, but the minimum is five. And yeah, all the proceeds go to uh, Palestinian aid and you get like a thousand games. It's wild how much you actually get for your, con for your contribution here. Also, that price is going up really fast. It's already up to nearly 80,000. Oh, beautiful. So just, Love it. Yeah, it is flying it. up. Yeah. So yeah, for f for five dollars being able to get over a thousand games, you can't go too wrong. There's going to be something interesting in exactly. there for five bucks. Exactly. Like how how could you possibly say no? Especially if you're into indie games, which everyone should be because indie games are awesome. But yeah, <laughs> you're getting over a thousand games, and you pay what you want. Five dollar minimum, of course. You know, pay as much as you can. But even for five bucks, that the value proposition is just unbelievable. I and of course. I can tell you at least one game in there that's worth five bucks that I've just spotted. Uh, there is a wonderful game called Calico, which is a game there. about being a magical girl running a cat cafe, and it's charming and colorful <laughs> and wholesome and lovely. That sounds awesome, actually. And mm -hmm. just looking down this list of games, I, I haven't, of course, played any of them, but a lot of them just look interesting right off the bat. Hmm. Grindstone's... Uh, like, just from the image. Soundtrack is in it. That doesn't look like Grindstone itself, but the actual the soundtrack to Grindstone is in it. I just found uh, one of the games in this bundle is Fairy Corgi Steeplechase by Varnish Truths, a one-page racing game with fairies and corgis. Come on, sign me up. That sounds amazing. <laughs> he had me at corgis, but then he added fairies. And I'm just like, come on, this sounds so cool. The mouse, looking, the bird, and the sausage. Yeah, I'm looking like, through. And Council of Cats. This, there's, there's, some, there's definitely some yeah. interesting like titles in here. It's like, 
all right, you got me intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, either way, even if somehow there isn't something in this oh. one thousand plus game bundle for you to, that you want, it's your proceeds are still going to a great cause. Well, I can tell you two more good ones in here. Uh, Piku Niku. I just saw that oh, one. Is, I have yeah. that on Switch. Yeah, it is a really fun, weird yeah. little game that narratively goes some unexpected places. Uh, there's also Minute, which is a game, uh, it's mm. a top-down Zelda-style exploration game where every 60 seconds your character dies, uh, and you have to do <laughs> as much to the world as you can in 60 seconds, which is That's, really good. Sounds That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Half-Minute Hero to a degree. Oh, uh-huh. There's, uh, there's also one called All My Exes Are in Mech Suits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure. That sounds like a great Scott Pilgrim sequel idea. Yeah, seriously. Uh, before, I, before I forget is a very recently released indie game that is um, a quite a powerfully made game about living with dementia. Oh, oh nice. Okay. Out. Yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff and in here. People are looking but... for some uh, visual novel type games. It seems like a lot of these as well. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interesting looking visual novels in here. Um, this is all DRM free, by the way, on top of uh, the incredible value you're getting. It's all DRM free. Um, yeah, the, the, the offer, uh, is going for another seven days, seven hours and 25 minutes. And yeah, it's going to a great cause. And we just, just thought that was 500,000. Nice... So hopefully can hit that. Yeah. They're already at 15% of their goal. And, and hopefully by this time next week, they'll have either reached that goal or exceeded it or just gotten that much closer. But either way, I just think this is a really cool thing. And uh, I'm going to really quickly post the link to the bundle in the chat here. No, oh, you do. I've got one last one in there that I want to point. Yeah, go towards. for it. Uh, there is a pair of uh, games called Dominique Pomplemousse, which are point-and-click detective adventure games with claymation art, entirely hand-done claymation, and all of the dialogue is done in uh, in musical. So every character has a different musical style that they sing all of their oh, right. dialogue in. That's it's pretty cool. Wonderfully creative. That's great. That's pretty cool. What's it called again? Uh, Dominique Pomplemousse. <laughs> all right. <laughs> there is a first game and a sequel both in this bundle. That's cool. Oh, and apparently uh, the King of Trash says VVVVVVs in there as well, and that's a great game. Ooh, I can wow. totally co-sign classic. on that. If you haven't got it by now, you yeah. definitely got to do yeah. it. Yeah. And Mario Man TJ says Spirit Swap is also on there, which is that uh, Match 3 uh, Puzzle League-esque game that oh, okay. we covered on TNT several months ago. And uh, th- that's on there, too. So seems like you're getting a really good value for this. Everybody. Absolutely. So, yeah, I-, I posted the link in the chat. So go jump on that if you'd like. And, uh, yeah, just some good vibes for everybody heading into the weekend. But with that said, that brings us to the end of our news for today. But before we uh, head out, Laura, please, this is this is what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Plug it all. Tell, tell our amazing audience where they can find you on the internet. Tell us what you're working on. Go for it. If you want to hear me talk about video games and what I think of them and news stuff, every week I'm on a video game podcast called Polquisition. Uh, that goes up every Thursday. Um, I have some books. I uh, I have a book called Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being an autistic trans woman and living at that overlap. I've got one that's probably relevant to this this audience. I have a book called Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is <laughs> an entire hardback illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. It's got a bunch of developer interviews. It's got a bunch of 
guest critics from across the industry. Um, it is a book in which you can read um, the Thomas Was Alone developer Mike Bith will go on for about 3,000 oh. words about how that game's plot is entirely about butts. <laughs> um, so go check that out. Uh, I've got one that's releasing on June 10th. I've got a book called Gender Euphoria, which hmm. is an anthology of lots of trans people's just positive, nice, happy stories. Because oh, that's awesome. That awesome really nice. discussion around trans people's really depressing because of all the new stuff going on. So it's just a book of people being like, I'm really glad I transitioned. Here's a nice, wholesome story about that. So that comes out Thursday next week, June 10th. Cool. Um, so there's that. Also, uh, I have a YouTube channel. I, I post videos on youtube.com slash Buzz. Every Friday I upload episodes of a series called Accessibility, which is all about disability accessibility in the games industry. I um, love that. I, I'm very proud of that series. I would love if people checked it out. It is just weekly videos about how we can make games more playable for disabled players. Um, and I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. So nice. there, keep yourself that's, that's You keep yourself thing. busy. I certainly do. <laughs> well, uh, just so everyone knows, we do have links to all of that uh, in our description below. We have links to Laura's Twitter, YouTube, specifically the Accessibility Playlist, uh, as well as her Twitch, Patreon, and Podquisition, all in the video description below. So... Go hit up all those links and uh, and check out all of her amazing work. But Laura, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you mm -hmm. on, and we would love to have you back anytime you'd like to thank be here. Thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute delight. <laughs> thank you. Well, we're so happy to hear that. And uh, yeah, but uh, of course, as always, we have to give a massive thank you to all of our patrons at the producer level and above for making today's news tonight happen. Because without your support, frankly, it would not be happening. And we love doing this show three times a week with you all and having all these awesome special guests on. So thank you so much. Uh, also, a, a extra special massive thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. Um, but we're doing things a bit differently today because, as I mentioned at the beginning... Uh, we're having some, you know, tech, tech issues with the stream, so we're not going to be running the credit scroll as usual, uh, since Derek's running the stream right now and he's still learning the ropes. So I'm just going to read out all the producers and executive producers to make uh, make sure all of you get your fair due. So starting with the producers, we have Jacob One, Kurosame, Michael Walburn, or sorry, Mikhail Walburn, Fangs, Don Koopman, Kevin Online, Sonic Kurosaki, Beta, Logan Daniel. Nick Munger, Arkwing24, Ben Modrin, Chase Talbot, Ben Hannigan, Chickens, Joshua Wiseman, Critter XD, Iggy Coop, Kirandas, Feeling Dreepy, Meowsticks, Griffin Bowens, Ariel H, Blindman, Ryan Sardon Keller, Black King, Preston, Shuckle25, Darts, DJ Andy D, Tiptoe, Joseph Bayer, Alex Rodriguez, Pedro Vasquez, Tony, Albi the Floof, Aspen Bird, Ian Seabach, Ben Frick, Ben Morelli, Emil, or Emil, Farina Reneas, Andy Chung, PK Gaming, Legend of Jess, Natasha Smith, Shoichi, Chris Lewis, Daniel Cod, Bo Blacks, Gold Lichting, Olivia Chloe, Justin Matthews, Matthew Miller, Smoko13, Rings of Saturn, Too Much Spaghetti, 
Michael Abuda, Akil P, Hello World, Alan Leung, Helen Kincannon, Christenton 2025, Tomo the Cabot, Coop's Crib, Toast Cross Dimensions, Just Cliff, Grantles, Nicholas Van Roven, Dean Evinger Jr., Darksteel01, Chip Damage Mike, DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Abisola Osani, Alan Berry, Ghost Wolf, Jack Hines, Matthew Matelli, Sleepy Scrubbles, Hulkamaniac55, Ethan, Twilord, and finally, Inferno Cali. Thank you all to all of you producers for supporting the show and supporting us on the channel. And now, our awesome list of executive producers and above includes... And that special treatment. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Etiono Ben, Dan Entwistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Echo Carroll, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotstick, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Emerald, Azran127, Kinrule09, Pagrima, Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Aurum M, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Deaneth, Kota, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Hoobie, Wolf X Blake, Moon Macarons, Ascaron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 minutes and 60 seconds, Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Steve's mom. Hi, Steve's mom. Sorry, Steve's mom. <laughs> Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Darik, Jeff Ed, Ray Clausen Jr., and finally, Nathan, the voice actor, thank you all so much for your incredible support of the channel. And if you'd like to know how you can support us over on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash gvgaming. We just recently refreshed our Patreon with a couple of new tiers, introduced brand new perks at every tier. There's a lot to love. Our most popular tier is our $5 live audience tier, where for just $5 a month, you get ad-free versions of all our content, audio-only versions of all of our content, and you get to interact with us and our special guests three times a week during today's news tonight and our exclusive live audience patron chat. But whether or not you can support us on Patreon, even if you can just support us here on YouTube, if, but just by subscribing, ringing that bell, liking our videos, every little bit really does help. It means the world to us. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, one and all. And we will see you next Monday for the next episode of Today's News Tonight. Until then, everybody, good night and good vibes. Bye. Bye.